If you ask me, nothing stinks more than when your husband Dutch ovens you with a big, ripe, juicy one and then holds your head down under the covers. Except maybe body odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi whole body deodorant. Lumi delivers outrageous 72-hour odor control everywhere from your pits to your feet and yes, even those private parts. As a special offer, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code and link. Use code BUNNY, B-U-N-N-I-E, at lumideodorant.com. That's L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. You guys know I absolutely love Lumi. I rock it everywhere I go. I work long hours. So if I'm doing like a podcast run or if I'm out at one of my husband's shows or just overall anxiety ridden and I'm sweating, Lumi has saved me so many times, especially a toasted coconut. I feel like it masks my odor a little bit more and especially that right armpit that always smells like beef stroganoff. If you know, you know. Once again, as a special offer for listeners, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that equals over 40% off their starter pack. Use code BUNNY, B-U-N-N-I-E, for 15% off your first purchase at lumideodorant.com. That's code BUNNY, B-U-N-N-I-E, at L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. We all know there are things in life you have to compromise on, like going out instead of staying in or eating fast food instead of cooking at home. But when it comes to your health, there is no compromise. So don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines, their family group chat, their crossword puzzles, just because they're available right now, or they take your slightly sketchy insurance. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doc you want, you can book them immediately. No more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. And these docs all have verified reviews from actual real patients. I know the next time I need a doctor, I'm definitely logging on to ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash bunny, B-U-N-N-I-E, and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash bunny b-u-n-n-i-e zocdoc.com slash bunny what's up guys don't forget to sub to patreon so that you can see the visuals because not only do we have episodes of the podcast we have exclusive content that nobody else sees on any other apps behind the scenes photo shoots and we're dropping a whole bunch of surprising stuff this year so if you guys don't want to miss out and you want to be the first to know go over to our patreon www.dumblondunrated.com love ya is this thing on all right gentlemen coming to main stage next this is bunny get up there she's got a tornado of titties coming your way get those dollar bills ready she's got an ass that shakes like michael j fox so get up there and throw 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 them dollars dude that is fucking iconic what's up guys welcome to another episode of the dumb bomb podcast yes you- you've got your own camera guy look at candy just solely focused <laughs> Good job, Andy. Way to go. <laughs> Where are you? Listen, your wife is, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but your wife is pretty fucking You have built a media company. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's nuts. 
We're getting bigger, though. We'll, Dumb we'll Blonde Productions. Yeah, what's up, We've Daddy? only just begun. So, we are in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm going to date this. We're in Las Vegas, Nevada. We're going to see Garth Brooks tonight. Garth, baby. For the opening of his Vegas residency. Yeah. And then tomorrow we're playing the Pomona County Fair. But most importantly, yesterday we flew here from Austin, Texas, from doing the Joe Rogan experience. Dude, so awesome. We're going to touch base on that, but let's rewind really quick. So you're going to see Garth Brooks tonight. Are you going to pick him up off his fucking feet like you did last time? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's the worst about that? His little legs were so dangling. I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. I, I didn't even realize I'd picked him up. I was just so excited. You know how I get him? No, I love it hug. and kiss it and squeeze yeah. it. I'm that thing, you yeah. know, I, where I hold it too tight. I was just so excited. <laughs> yeah. I've no. learned, I got this thing happening where that I'm starting to meet my heroes and i'm fumbling the bag but really are you because it got millions of views on tiktok Everybody yeah but it's like it. i felt so embarrassed i was like i did not mean to pick garth up i was like dude, could so you many- imagine not knowing this big guy and you walk over this big dude with tattoos that just is a fan of yours he just <laughs> he just swoops you by the belt loop he and fell picks in love you with you at that moment there were so many emotions that went over his face because you know i read people so yeah. at first it was embarrassment <laughs> then it was joy and then he was like why do i like this yeah. and then it was like okay this guy's cool no dude it was cool man it what was, was that uh, like finally meeting him you've seen garth how many times 12 so, yeah I don't 13 think- will be tonight i'll be lucky 13 <laughs> no you're gonna show up and be like the stalker yeah i felt it for sure garth's gonna be like trisha get this motherfucker away from yeah. me <laughs> trisha i fumbled the bag with her no, when i didn't. looked up across the parking lot first of all you know what i regret the most about me and you meeting trisha yearwood what why did we not meet her halfway because we were in awe that's that she what was I even thought, walking I know. over to us. That didn't embarrass you afterwards, though? Because in the moment, I let her walk all the way to us because I was, I feel like I was grabbing you. Believe- you were grabbing me going, Trisha Yearwood's walking over here. Yeah, we didn't believe that she was walking to us. No. Because somebody was like, Trisha's coming to get you. And we, we both turned around. You could see my face and your face. And we're like... <sighs> Looking over. And, and then when she looked up and said, hey, bunny. Yeah. I was like, whoa. Yeah. She's coming to us for sure. Yeah. No, we yeah. were like in awe. We were like, But in Trisha? hindsight, I was so embarrassed. Trisha, I'm sorry. I'll tell you in person tonight, I hope. But I was so embarrassed that we didn't run towards Aww, Trisha. No, but I it just, I was so in awe. I was so like, I can't believe. We looked at each other kind of like, is Trisha Yearwood coming to us right now? The crazy thing was, also came full circle, was because Trisha, you had done an interview earlier on the red carpet at yes. the ACMs. And Trisha had told everybody she was looking for you. I know, and I thought they were jazzing us up. I yeah. thought it was like, just get a quick reaction out of Jelly because they know I get hype easy. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> I'm just excited. That and I so thought funny. they were jazz. You know what, I th- the thing about Trisha that struck me the most was her presence. Yeah, so kind. So uh, kind, so soft. Soft. So genuine, but yet so Fierce. big. Fierce. Yeah, Don't you know what I mean? Big. Like When you talk about women, never I meant big. like her person, like yeah. her Pers- the, the woman she persona, is the yeah. persona the feeling of her yeah, yeah, but can, it felt so calm and kind you know she commands a room but does it gently and does it so gently yeah and so sure. sweetly yeah and like i can't wait to talk male. to her nor as a normal person now. right not fan not just a complete like oh fuck trisha you're what's talking to me what do i say <laughs> <laughs> i love it so you just said that you fucking just flew in from doing the joe rogan podcast we did rogan baby bro okay for <laughs> those of you who don't know Ever since, oh God, 2016, 2017, yeah. you have always said, I'm going to go on the Joe Rogan podcast. I think you might have even rapped about it. I think I've rapped about it yeah. multiple times. Yeah. I have, I think 2018. So when did we move? It was 2018 that we moved into Fowler. Correct. Right. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, the Fowler house. Yep. 
So, sorry, y'all. My wife and I have had lived in seven different places, and we refer to them by names. So <laughs> yeah. this was the Fowler House. Yeah. We have some houses that are called the in-between house, but it's <laughs> yeah. weird. But so was the Fowler house was the first time that I'd wrote it on the whiteboard. Right. So that was probably New Year's 2018 mm-hmm. or New Year's 2019 at the latest. Yeah. Now you have literally, I tell everybody like I've manifested my life since I was a little girl. I've never met another human who is just like me, who has literally, you manifested me. Yeah. You used to rap about me in your rap songs and didn't even know it was me. Didn't know it was you. And I was just rapping over and (laughs) yeah, for sure. Like just crazy. And Mm -hmm. you have manifested your entire fucking life. Anything you've said you've wanted and spoken it into the universe, the universe has taken it and ran with it. Granted, we've had to work our asses off. You've Mm -hmm. worked your fucking ass off. You have not just been handed anything. And the universe has made you have to wait for a lot of shit. But it always fucking comes to fruition. It's uh, back to the alchemist when I read it on the beach here on our family vacation. When the when you are on a journey for your personal legend, the universe will conspire for you. Mm. And man, I, that quote from that book has just everything about it. Where we are in our life right now. I love that. That's amazing. So can I tell you about Joe Rogan? Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> I was about to say. So take me on this journey with Joe. I'll take you. So I flew in Monday because Kill Tony is Monday. Mm-hmm. And I watch Kill Tony, I'd say at least twice a month. He puts out one every week. I at least catch two of them. Mm-hmm. David Lucas is a friend of mine. Him and Tony Hinchcliffe go back and forth a lot. I'd never met Tony, though, but I've been a longtime fan of Tony. And we just show up. And in true your husband fashion, you know, I have, I've cut my drinking back. Insane. Tremendously. Nobody will ever understand how much I've cut my drinking back. We'll dive into that later. But... I go in and I'm like, there was somebody who was like, don't go in there and drink. I was like, I haven't been drinking. And, you know, last time I went to Joe's, I just, I met Joe real quick, watched the show and we left because we were so busy and they're so busy. So I just kind of expected to be in and out. And then David grabs me and takes me to the green room. He's like, let's take a shot. I'm like, all right, let's take a shot. And then me and David shoot a shot and we're back there hanging out. And then Tony comes back and he is just the salt of the fucking earth. Tony Hinchcliffe is one of the sweetest humans you will ever meet. Just awesome. And he comes in old school. He sits down. He lights up a cigarette and pours a drink for both of us. And we shoot it. He says, have you been to Mitzi's bar yet? This is right after a show. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mitzi, you know, was pretty much the godmother of comedy. She ran the comedy store as Polly Shore's mother. Big, Mm -hmm. you know, just beautiful soul. Joe Rogan has dedicated an entire little underground speakeasy bar called Mitzi's Bar to her. Mm -hmm. And the, he, I don't know, I'm, yeah, I'll say this. Fuck it. I hope I don't get in trouble. The two bartenders down there he got from L.A. Right. He kind of poached them from the big comedy clubs, you know, the ones that all the comedians like. Right. So these bartenders are the salt of the earth, sweet lady named Carrie and Diamond. They're just pouring me and Tony shots. Mm-hmm. They're just feeding us. And I feel that I'm like, oh, no. And I look at Boston and I go, Boston, <laughs> tomorrow's the biggest <laughs> podcast of my career. Do not let me drink past 11. And this is at like 9.45. Right. Because anybody can tell drunk roll what to do. Yeah. <laughs> about, about 11, Boston did come over. And all I said was, it's too late. Call an IV. <laughs> <laughs> we ended up stumbling out of there at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I said it on Joe Rogan's podcast, but it's true. The last thing I finally said to Tony Hinchcliffe was, dude, I love you. But I got the biggest podcast of my life in 12 hours. Tony's like, you'll be fine. And I was just like, of course, you go on it every month, motherfucker. I was just like, I'm fucking nervous. Yeah, for sure. And it's just like how alcohol is. It didn't hit me until we got to the bus. But we wake up the next morning, and uh, 
We get an IV, which we'll talk about later too, because that yeah. was funny. Me and you talked about that clip on that going viral. I get an IV. I'm a little hungover, but I feel good. Do Rogan. My only sales pitch to people is this was a roller coaster. It's what I dream. It's everything I dreamed three hours with Joe Rogan would be. Aww. We laughed. We cried. We cried laughing. We told stories. We almost did shrooms. We smoked Joey weed, Joey Diaz weed together. (laughs) We showed each. We were like two friends showing each other songs they didn't know. Aww. Like that's like there's so just, many yeah just two little this boys. This is my interest. This is yeah. my interest. Yeah, it's like oh you like that? Well then you'd like this, and they play. <laughs> and he'll play a song, and it's like we started doing this DJ thing. It was so fucking awesome. Yeah. And just when I think it couldn't get no better, I'm getting ready to leave, and Joe's like, "Hey man, I'm serious." Beginning of the podcast, he said, "Come to the comedy club tonight." He had a seven and a nine o'clock show. I'm leaving there. He points me to this place called Terry Black's, this barbecue pit. Mm-hmm. Mama, we pulled up. I've seen the rolled red carpet get rolled out before, but not like this. I mean, really? they ushered us to this table, just some of the best, the, maybe the best barbecue I've ever had. Mm. Right there in the middle of Austin, Texas. Unreal. I remember those days when I could eat barbecue. Go to the comedy club, <coughs> watch the whole first show, and then go to the green room. Met Ron White. You know how long Ron White has been fucking... I didn't even know who Ron White was until yeah. you made me sit down and watch his fucking specials He's on Netflix. He's the best! <laughs> He's so good! So we watch Ron... I mean, we're, I'm hanging out with Ron White, and obviously I'm like clearly, not a, not embarrassingly fanning out. Like, this is like one of the few things in life I'm like a huge fan of. I stayed between shows, got drunk, watched the whole second show again. Went to the little room. They have a, So he has multiple rooms in his comedy club. Mm-hmm. And it, one of them's called the Fat Man and one's called the Little Boy. And I went to the Little Boy room and they're playing this game called Bottom of the Barrel where the crowd writes suggestions and comedians just go up there and just pick them and riff. It's just everything about the culture he's created around comedy. Yeah. And around that particular establishment of the comedy mothership. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, man. I feel like comedians are like, it's cult-like, but it's so loving and friendly once you get in there like everybody loves you like it started off for you doing something with a comedian and it's just snowballed into you finally running into joe rogan right you know like everybody just uplifts each other in that whole entire like you know that community is tight and they do not so my the stories i've heard was that it was very competitive at one time and Mm -hmm. comedians were fucking just douches to each other And Joe and his crew were kind of like, we don't want to be like these dudes. And mm-hmm. the kind of the beginning of this was these comedians coming together and going, hey, man, we should be helping each other, not acting like we're competing. God, if only people could do that in other communities. In every other genre, right? And right. I tell Joe that. I'm like, I'm so jealous of, you know, the comedian. Um, I, you know what I felt? I never correlated the two. I felt an when I was in that comedy room and I was finally getting to watch the best. I'm watching Ron White and Joe Rogan go over bits. Mm-hmm. I'm watching Tony Hinchcliffe and Ron and Joe talk about their bits. And I'm watching the three, you know, three of the best to do it, talk about it in yeah. front of me. And I was like, oh, shit. I correlated this to songwriting. I was like, oh, that's how the songwriting community is. Mm-hmm. How, like, when a songwriter gets a number one, every songwriter in town just loses their shit for them. Right. You know what I mean? They yeah. just immediately... And you know what? It's how it is in the country music community too. Because when a, when somebody goes number one in country, mm-hmm. 
You watch the rest of the country music community stand to the side and clap and go fucking good for you. Dude, which was so unexpected because we thought the country community was going to like not embrace you. We thought that they were going to like do the complete opposite of what they've done. And they've been so loving and just accepting of you. It's crazy. Some of my best friends on earth I've met in the last 30 months doing country music. Yeah. Cody Johnson, Ernest, up, up. Brantley Gilbert. Yeah. I talked to Brantley Gilbert probably more than anybody on earth but you. We love Brantley. If I broke down hours of telephone time a month, Brantley's <laughs> bite bunny. You know Brant- what I'm Brantley's a talker. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, we get on the phone high at 2 or 3 in the morning. Yeah. And I, you know, I dick around. We're both fucking night owls. Yeah, we'll just no. smoke a joint together and just talk like we're in a room together. It must be our cusp because Brantley and I are like a day apart. We like to communicate. Yeah. Just communicate. Yeah. That's just our check, love language. Just, Brantley's the man. Let's go. Just checking in, Bubba, comment, or I'll call. You know, we'll just cold call. Yeah. Cody Johnson's the same way. Did you think that it was okay? So, you know, I know we're kind of like hopping around, but this all comes together. But, you know, you started, I married a fucking rapper. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I tell everybody that. I'm like, I married a fucking rapper and he pulled the biggest okie doke ever on me. A little bait and switch. But you knew I was country. Yeah. At least least that was at least there. And, but that's another thing that, another point that I'd like to bring up too is like, okay, yeah, first I married a rapper, but you are country as fuck. Like, even in your raps, like, (laughs) your raps have hints of country music in them. You've always had guitars, you've always had some sort of like, more than just a fucking 808 it's oh, yeah. always been like a production for 100 percent. so when people sit there and say that oh he's not country in us like how does that make you feel well fuck him <laughs> <laughs> i swear this is not him putting on a front whenever i come to him and i'm like i'm getting attacked online he's like baby fuck him how how do you fuck him like that uh dude you know do you feel like you have something to prove I, to myself, right. You know, to my, I had a, co- a lady left a comment the other day that meant so much to me, mama. She said, I've been with you from the beginning. Mm-hmm. She said, and I remember initially telling people who you were and them thinking the sky was, that I was insane. And I said, well, I'd like to think that we proved them wrong, but it don't really fucking matter. More right. importantly, we proved us right. Right. Like what really matters here? You know what I'm saying? It's like. I know how the internet can, that's why I try to do this with you all the time. It's like, I know how toxic the internet can get at times, mm-hmm. but man, I know what happens when I walk through the airport. All I hear is, where's your wife? How's your wife? Tell your wife we're listening to the podcast. Every girl, listen, it's a trick now. These bitches <laughs> trick me. I'll have a line of girls walk up to me and they're smiling and I'm like, well, all right, <laughs> let's go. I got female fans, you know, and I'm all excited. And they walk right up smiling and staring through my soul and then go, is your wife with you? Let them say hi. And they'll go, oh, we like your music too. The, 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 your fan base is so rabid. Yeah. That they refer to my music as a two. They're like, <laughs> think of that, like, and your music's cool too. My favorite <laughs> is when people say, "Oh, you're uh, Bunny's husband." <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. All the time, every girl I meet. No, it's for so sure. funny. But I, do you feel like you have something to prove to the country community? Like, as far as like, I get proving something to yourself too. But like, you're getting ready to drop Wits at Chapel. Yeah. That's a country album. And, it's and actually a gospel country, country album. Yeah, but very edgy. Right. Um, g- Southern goth. My, my wife coined Southern this style. Southern fucking goth, <laughs> <Yeah>. baby. <laughs> so listen, inside baseball, every time 
we've ever put a house together. My <laughs> wife is like, how do I do country golf? How do I do Southern golf? I feel like that's, she always thought that was me and her way of meeting in the middle. Yeah, literally. It was like Southern or country Look, go- I did, that's golf. how I did this studio. I put no, the wood up and then there's awesome. Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> He's golf it's, daddy. Yeah, 100%. But then it's just a bunch of wood like a barn. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. So, but then it's little furry Vegas seats. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's fucking, that's how each one of our houses yeah. has been. Oh, that's it. But I think that the album's going to prove, I, you know what I'm really proving right now? It's that I want to prove that we're here to stay. Right. I want to prove that we're not just a cool story and that we're not just a cool, funny couple, that we're like, that we're, we want to be here forever. Yeah. Like, we want to be entertaining people and putting out music and content and podcasts and movies one day and Bunny XO shows and D Ford family shows. I want to be doing that forever. Right. You know what I mean? Like... That's what our so to me, Wits at Chapel, there's just a lot of pressure to put on myself, but it's mm. the beginning of showing people like, hey y'all, save me and son of a sinner wasn't a fluke. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I am here to like I am going to continue to give y'all good music annually. Absolutely. You, you know? got some bangers. God, in there. I know I'm doing good when you like it. You don't listen to none of my shit. I don't. I'm the most <laughs> I'm the most skipped artist on your playlist. You fuck up my algorithms daily. I was just about to say, he tells everybody I fuck up his algorithms on Pandora because I'm like, nope. But it's different whenever you're there. I hate listening to myself, but I will not skip myself. (laughs) If I pop up in something, I'm like, I'm not fucking this up. I feel like somebody gets a database of every time somebody skips a song. If it makes you feel better, I never listen to my podcasts ever. So it's like, I, it's just something about like, I've been there since the beginning, since the song fucking was written at the dinner table right. or since you brought it home fucking a year and a half before it even made it to the airwaves, you know? So it's like, I've already had, to, I've already played it out, had the emotion behind it, loved it, fucking hugged it and then, you know, tucked it away. It's just like whatever everybody does with their favorite song. They play it out until fucking, they don't want to hear it anymore. Podcasting for the last five years. Yeah. Right. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Have you podcasted enough now that you've seen clips of you saying, and shit that you forgot you said oh and i'm always getting in trouble <laughs> <laughs> literally i'm like god dang it i'm more politically correct now than i would was fucking last year yeah, you know oh yeah, yeah i've learned of. several lessons yeah, just, <laughs> <laughs> from fucking having a big mouth and no filter <laughs> what are some of your favorite tracks on what's chapel um what are some yeah. tracks that people can look forward to? You didn't like talking about you right there. Because this Mama is Mama gets you. in the hot seat and she's like, hold on, <laughs> motherfucker. No, you do not thing. try to quiz me on here. No, <laughs> I love you and I love the fact that you always say we and our and stuff like that. But I need to let you know, like, I love when you shine, baby. And I want, uh, this is about you. Like, you're about to drop a fucking oh. album. You're about to do American Idol. Hey, like, listen, this means a lot to me. and And thank you for that. And I want to be very clear about what I'm fixing to say to you. Mm-hmm. I know, bitch. I wrote these songs, okay? <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> That's a clip. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> just keep feeding them to me, baby. I just, <laughs> I'll make us viral. <laughs> no, <I'm> just, <laughs> no, it feels unreal, man. Yeah. You know, but it's like. <laughs> Was I was just it? talking to Roger Vaughn, so that's my oldest brother. We for love Roger. For those listening, because I'm going to talk to my wife like it's just us. So I'm talking to Roger on the way here. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you how much I love Roger. Roger calls me and goes, I just want you to know I did my research. <laughs> do you know Joe Rogan gets 11 million listeners? I said, yep. He said, do you know that they're expecting more than 6 million to watch the finale of American Idol? 
I said, I didn't know that. He said, did you know, and I can't say it, but the other TV thing we're supposed to do, the big, big one on album day, he said. Oh, we can't talk about that. We can't talk about it, Chet. Well, can we talk about it and drop it on the same day? Drop the podcast on the same day? We might have to get the podcast out before then. Okay, gotcha. I'm <laughs> Daddy's sure. like, I want my time to shine. I'm like, bitch. I need to talk. We gotta get some <laughs> of this stuff. I need some clips circulating quick. I'm fucking, you're the king, of, you're the queen of TikTok. I'm just over there falafeling around like a beach whale over there people go see every now and then. Gotcha, like gotcha. an art exhibit. Stop it. Um, they love you. So, Mm-hmm. Roger said does around 10 million. Wow. So when he, or eight set between eight and 10 million. Right. So when he started running all this by me, I'd never thought of it this way, mama. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit. We are really having like a critical mass moment. Like there are a lot of people that have no fucking clue who my fat ass is <laughs> and who your bombshell blonde ass is that are fixing to stumble into us in the next Oh, no. They've all found the two point, the three million fucking viewed clip that I posted that you were talking about. Oh, they were like, that's the prostitute. Yeah. That's like, the prostitute. Well, the, the most common thing on there is, well, he turned a hoe into a housewife. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we haven't heard that one before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and you are so not housewifeish, <laughs> just for the record. I am pretty fucking housewifeish. You are housewife-ish. <laughs> I like that you said ish. That was honest. <laughs> I mean, I make a home. Yes. I make sure it runs very smoothly. You're a homemaker. I'll give you that. Yeah. You're I a make homemaker. sure it runs very you make, smoothly. You, but you make hotels feel homely. You make tour buses feel homely. It's your, that's your like spirit is to like your spirit. You got a servant spirit. That's why you do podcasts anyway. That's why you yeah. don't like talking about you. You have this spirit of serving people. Right. But you are far from a housewife. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You act like you. I don't want your listeners to think this bitch is out playing tennis. And fucking <laughs> I tried. I tried, and they would never tell me when the lessons were yeah. at the fucking clubhouse. Remember? You kept just showing up with a skirt and shooting TikToks. Listen, just- <laughs> all fucking content, baby. All content. <laughs> I love you. I love you, baby. So, circling back to what's at Chapel, and then we'll move on. What are a couple of your favorite tracks? that people ha- can have to look forward to because your the album first, comes out June 2nd. June 2nd, June 2nd. So it's either already out or fixing to y'all. It's, yeah. You know, June 2nd, I, the first three tracks alone is like, just let them play. Yeah. But I really love, God, I have so many songs on there. I love for different reasons. Yeah. I want to talk about the ones that aren't out. Okay. So we'll talk about halfway, which mm-hmm. is the beginning of the album, which is your favorite Bailey's favorite. Yep. I'm a trailer park tornado. Yeah, yeah Jagged so edges on my halo. It's so good. It is such a good song. <laughs> That's and an I'm inst- excited. Instagram be- caption, bitches. And I'm excited because it's different for me. Right. It's got a little tempo to it. Yep. Um, I love The Devil I Know, Dance with the Devil, the, la- the second yeah. to last on the album. It's a good one. Just because it's so, it's very nostalgic of only Jelly Roll. Does that make sense? Like, if you ever, if like, if for the ones of y'all who were there at like Addiction Kills, like Sep 2017 mm-hmm. shit, like Only and even I Need You in 19, yeah. it's like their sister song. So for me, I have a soft spot for all that kind of old school, darker mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, Addiction Kills is a dark album. If yeah. you guys have not gone and listened to it, go fucking download it. Yeah. It's, it's the one that has wheels fall off on yeah, it. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, I love Hungover in a Church Pew mm-hmm. a lot. Like, it's just. Are we allowed to say who you wrote that with? Mm-mm. Yes, oh. of course. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Who did I write on over to church? Hardy, for? I thought. No, I wrote Church with Hardy. Oh, okay. The okay. second song on the album, me and Hardy. Okay, wrote. gotcha. Yep. Which I, which is, but like I said, the first three songs are just, you know. Yeah. Let the album play. I love the song with Brantley and Struggle, 
just because anytime yeah, I can work with, I do like it. Was it was the meshing, meshing? It was the meshing. <laughs> it was the meshing of my best friend of twenty years and my best friend of the last two. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was really cool to do. No, it was really cool. I actually do like that song, and I don't really like slower songs, but right. that one was actually pretty cool. And I got to see you guys perform it live. Yeah, at, for um, sure. In our, what is it called? NRS? In, in, what a, CRS. CRS, yep, Country Radio Cinema. Yeah, and it was actually really good. That was cool. Well, I'm excited. What's at Chapel's dropping 6-2. You guys have to down pre-order it now. Yes. Download it. Do Pre-orders, pre-saves. Use uh, all the songs Daddy Wrote Mama. I think there's like yes. two songs on there. I wrote you some, I wrote you some love yeah, songs. Yeah, Daddy gave me some love songs. What else? Uh, JellyRoll615.com, we have bundle packages. So every time... We sell a physical CD, even if it's $3 on the website. It counts towards our first day sale. Yeah. And that number is how you rank in the billboard chart. Right. So we're not like trying to sell these because we're trying to make money for as cheap as we're selling these CDs. We're we're trying to fucking make it on the record. We're trying to make it on. We're trying to make a piece of history. Right. We're trying to go down on this week of the year. We were the number such album in the world. Yeah. Like that's what we're going for here. So listen. (laughs) <laughs> is that the, is that my camera right there, Mimi? <laughs> Listen, y'all. If you didn't hear any of that, I'll give you the spill directly to you. <laughs> Anytime you buy a Jelly Roll f- a bundle from JellyRoll615.com that has a CD in the bundle, even if you just buy the four dollar CD or the f- whatever it is, that CD sale counts towards our actual sales for the first week, which is how Billboard registers what falls on the charts. So this is like a this is like a historic moment for us. We have a chance to actually have a top five album in the world. That is fucking so hard to do for artists ever. Yeah, it's crazy. You know what I mean? It's crazy and it's also crazy how radio is in general. It's like a really like I don't want to say political, but like they are set in their ways and they have rules that they follow and you have to make sure you hit every, dot every I and cross every T. Well, see, this is even different than radio. Oh. This is billboard and RIAA certifications. This mm-hmm. has nothing to do with radio. This is like the certifications for when we get those plaques, those RIAA plaques, yeah. that, that certification is ran through the RIAA and billboard is the one who overlooks a lot of that stuff wow. too. So it's I always a, thought Billboard and Radio were together. No, no, no. Billboard reports radio. Billboard reports all charts. Wow. So every radio station charts, album sales charts, album stream charts, single stream charts, emerging artist charts, which I broke the record for last year. Mm-hmm. Um, genres. I mean, it's they they break down every every analytic associated with music. Billboard breaks down and ranks and charts. Wow. Yep. Crazy. And the big one is having a top three album. Yeah. Like if you can get a top three all genres album on release week, that is like, you know, there's very few greater awards in the books. You know what I mean? Well, I think you're going to get it, Daddy. Yeah. yeah. You always do. Yeah. Speaking of radio, though, we're doing great. <laughs> we're doing great. You just ne- dropped Laney. You just performed at the ACMs with Laney Wilson yes. and did Save Me. Yeah. How many fucking streams has that gotten already? Oh, uh, fuck. I looked today and I had 31 the 31 million, right? I thought that was it. I had the number wrong. I called John. The 31 oh. million was between two, three songs. Gotcha. So probably 10 or 12 million streams. Still. That's Still incredible. Amazing. I know what we hit today was the first time we had the most number of listeners on Spotify in one, in one day. Wow. Every little metric we have is, this thing is bubbling. It's fucking weird. Let's talk about the CMT Awards. Yeah. What about I? You know, one of the first (laughs) things. Is that English? (laughs) Yeah, one night. The first, when I walked in Rogan's podcast, Mm -hmm. his security, one of his security guys was there. And Jamie, 
uh, the infamous pull something up, Jamie, young Jamie. Right. Sweetest dude ever. He's an Ohio guy, too. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if it was Jamie or the security guy. Oh, I fucking can't remember his name, but I'm so sorry. But he said, who, where did, who videoed you and your wife having that conversation at the awards? Mm-hmm. And I said it was on the CMT TikTok. My wife just took it and transcribed what we were saying. He said, man, that was the coolest thing ever. Aww. Like that moment where you and I are looking at each other and I like was like, whatever, dude. Like, mm-hmm. no way we're winning this one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, let's manage our expectations here. Everybody told me that they had that was a live feed, right? I don't know if it was on TikTok or YouTube, and that they did not take the camera off of us the entire show. That's awesome. I wonder like, how many times I got caught picking my nose. Oh, Sniffing balls, a sniff, scratching my balls, <laughs> and sniffing them, doing me a little too. old check. Me too. Doing me and my fucking check. my fucking anxiety ticks and shit. I'm sure yeah, people were just yeah. like, "This couple is." Now we know why they're together. <laughs> they're on drugs. Yeah, they're no, for over, sure. We're over there stone. Well, I drank a little bit. We're over there stone cold sober, and I'm fucking scratching my nose. Literally, but CMT awards. I remember, you know, you announcing that you were gonna do the CMT awards, and you know, everybody was just like, "Oh my god, Jolie's gonna be there." Blah blah blah. It felt like. Just the momentum of that award show was mm. just already in your favor because it was fan voted. It was fan voted. It was mm-hmm. the catapult into what's happened the last five or six weeks. Yeah, for sure. It one hundred percent was another one of those like save me moments, son yeah. of a center moments, CMT moments. But let me tell you what makes the CMT so special to me. We'll never get that night again. Mm-mm. We might win Grammys, God willing. We might win CMAs, but we will never. I mean, maybe we'll have a night where this happens. I don't want to say never, never, because God has done a lot of stuff I thought was a never for us. Yeah. But a night where we sweep, Mm. you know? I don't know, Daddy. I think you have it in you. Man, that was special, though, man. Yeah. To go three for it was three. first. That have was an a, incredible. It was a first. Yeah, we'll never do it for the first time again. Right, no matter exactly. What. But, I mean, just the energy, the performance was everything so i fire. prayed it would be you know what i'm saying so it's just exactly fire. what i needed it to be my little butthole was quivering yeah it was, it was uh, dude winona standing up just so many little intricate details that happened that were just like yeah i felt like just one god wink after another let's talk about how much winona loves you i love winona right? first of all winona <laughs> is the best listen i am a judd's fucking fanatic oh you okay? went crazy remember that one time they were at the ymca and they had the truck had the judd's on the back mm-hmm. and you were like i drove by the ymca and see the judge truck and i'm gonna sit here yeah yeah, <laughs> no, like, for sure. No. Like, I love the Judds. I, I grew up in a Judds yeah. fucking house, you know? So yeah. the fact that Winona even is just, like, obsessed with you. Like, yeah. I don't know if obsessed is a, a, the correct word to use with Winona, but just enamored with you. Yeah. Like, she loves you. Yeah, and, and we feel the same way about her. Yeah, I'm oh, obsessed totally. with Winona. I think she's just a fucking sweet spirit. She's genuine. Um, to go through what that woman's gone through. Mm. And to be able to share her story and, and, and then go walk into that award show and stand up, put her hand to the sky and still praise God. Because when I told her, you know, I took her to the side that night. And this is I hope she don't get mad at me telling the story, but this is the truth. I said, well, no, I just want to thank you. I was like, you don't know what that meant when you stood up. It changed the culture of the artist section. Like everybody at that moment, like you're like a queen in this space. Like that was a really big deal. Yeah. There's and her she, and Dolly. Yeah. And she looked at me straight in my eyes and said, oh, I love you, honey, but it didn't have nothing to do with you. That was the spirit of God. Oh. You know what I mean? And it's like, dude, but so, and then that, that, that gave me goosebumps. goosebumps makes me tear up Yeah, because you think about what she's been through yeah, and that she's still there being able to receive yeah. the spirit of God. You know what I mean? Like, and be able to, that just was such a, there were so many of those 
little moments. You know what I mean? I'll never forget you and her talking in the hallway while me, Lainey, and Hardy were talking. And yeah. you're just, I'm looking around going. This is surreal. This is unreal. This is a shift when I'm talking to Slash backstage and I meet I meet the brothers. I His meet, girlfriend just DM'd me. Oh, I, was, great. I, I told Mimi, I was like, Slash's girlfriend just DM'd yes! me. I was like so happy. Let's go. You got to get yeah. on the pod. No, I know. Yeah. Like, it's just crazy. These people that are literally just straight up icons that we have grown up with in both of our households. Right. As different as our households were, one thing that we had as children that we had the same was our love for music yeah you know and it's like just to be around these people that raised us musically is fucking insane you know i think about it, i tell my story all the time about how much music meant to me in my life with my mother and all that stuff and i thought about this just now when you said that the impact that probably the only genuinely happy memories you have from your childhood were when your dad was playing music absolutely that's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. Like other when he wasn't playing music, it was drunk turmoil, it was womanizing, it was all these other things that were going on. Your story's publicized, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it was all these things that were happening. But it was something about when he had a guitar mm-hmm. and like how much you correlated that with the peace of the house. Yeah, all was and well whenever he was strumming. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. As soon as me and my dad yeah. would sit in the studio and sing songs. He would make me be his backup singer, yeah. <laughs> you know, and he yeah. would just sit there and play. And we would, that was the only way that me and my dad could connect. Right. That's still the only way me and my dad can connect is over music. Other than that, we don't, we can't connect on any fucking sort of level. Yeah. But yeah, no, so CMT Awards, you won three. Yeah. And then fucking, we went straight into the, like, literally, it felt like straight into the ACMs, which was crazy. Which were awesome. You got to fucking perform. With Lainey. Yes. That was the coolest part. Lainey getting on the red, because Lainey's on fire. Yeah. Lainey is on Well, that dumpy is. Listen, ever since the dump truck went viral, Lainey went okay, viral. Okay, but here's the thing. Before, it's kind of like Jelly, right? People found her ass and then the music and was like, oh, God, the music's good, too. People found, like, the funny on your page or the story, and they were like, oh, shit, his music doesn't suck. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, So I, I think what's funny about Lainey's ass going viral is I said something to you before it went viral. Yeah. I was like, she's got a fucking shitter on her. And you yeah. were like, I didn't even look at it, honey. I was yeah. in the studio. It's not even like that. You know, he's like, yeah. she's like you. She has a bigger-than-life presence online. You know, yeah. he's like, but in... In person, she's just this tiny little thing. Yeah, she's just she's just so sweet and down to yeah. earth and small. Yeah, that you don't. But you know what I'm saying. But yeah. then you see her on TikTok, and all you see is the ass. Just you know ass. what I'm saying. And the bell bottoms. You're like, damn, Lainey. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I was like, mm-hmm, slurps up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. But I think that was cool because what meant the most to me for her, and I'm so happy. One, she really slept in a camper. Yeah. She really was here for 10 years trying to figure this shit out. Right. Like everybody in town knows her mm-hmm. before she made it. That's how you know when somebody put in the work in town, when the whole town knows somebody before they pop. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then to see the, her have a viral moment, and we joke about it being an ass. It's obviously us joking. We love you, Lane. You know that. Yeah, you're more but, than an ass. For sure. But then to see that it that the music stuck. Right. Like when people went and was like, hold on now, she's fucking dope. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I then think when I started you, discovering her more from Yellowstone, yes, too. Yes, and then you see her live, mm-hmm. and it, she is Energy. captivating. Mm-hmm. She captivates. Like, when she walked up, even after Save Me and did Grease, the first time she's done that, I think, song, at least, you know, for a television show, 
just fucking killed. Yeah. Just, yeah. you know, just, just, just the swag, throws the hat off, mm-hmm. drops the duster. It's like she's having a moment and mm-hmm. fucking owning it. Yeah. That's the best part. When people have a moment and they just walk in like, yeah. fucking, I know. No, you know she's like, saying? motherfucker, I worked my ass off to get here and I'm not going to let I'm you not, forget. And I'm not fucking it up. Yeah, no, for sure. That's her biggest thing. Not only did I work my ass off to get here, yeah. I'm not dropping the ball tonight. Do you ever get I'm n- fucking going to hit a home run. Do you ever get nervous um, singing in front of your peers? That was, pr- I sounded the worst on the first half of Save Me than I have any time I've ever sung it live. I think one that it was just the nerves of literally looking down and I'm watching and Luke Combs waves and smiles at me and gives me a thumbs up and Kane Brown waves at me and Ashley McBride. I fucking love you. Yeah. She She's stood st- up. I can't wait to she see her st- on tour. She stood up and walked three, four steps past the chair to me and just pointed and said, you fucking got this. <laughs> but Stapleton's sitting right here. Trisha Yearwood's right here. Jason Aldean. J- Aldean's here. Um, all these fucking this is you know it's the night of the stars and here i am and frankly i'm just not a fuck you know i'm still not comfortable singing like me and john manila were talking about this today wits at chapel was the first album i wrote understanding the keys of music Mm. so a lot of songs that i've sung before i've had to go learn how to sing even though i sang them because i didn't know what the fuck i was doing right so i'm having to find out what was i even listening for Mm -hmm. what key was this song and i had no music background i just had a lot i was a songwriter and a rapper and a melody guy so it's like i'm having to learn so it's like i'm already embarrassed i already deal with anxiety crippling anxiety i already deal with depression and a lot of self-worth stuff this is all i wear it you know what i mean and then you're looking around a room full of people who are top-tier, multi-millionaire professional singers. And you're like, I'm the worst singer in this motherfucker right Aww, now. You know, that. when you look around and you're like, I don't sing better than a single soul here. You know, at least that's how I feel. No. You know, but um, it was good, though. It was a yeah. great time. And, and Lainey meeting me in the middle was just, yeah. you know, that I, told, I, man, I, I joked with Lainey all week long. I said, Lainey, I am riding your coattail tonight, girl. Like, <laughs> I need you. This is all you. That's why when we do the I'm alone, I'd let her hit the lost causes yeah. by herself. Because, like, I was like, I'm I knew either. where Lainey's at in her career. I'm like, let me just sit here and watch that moment happen. I'm just glad to be in the middle of this storm that's happening with you. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, we watched it, and the the beginning was shaky, but you sang your ass off for the rest of that song, baby. Yo, nerves are expected. You, This is your second fucking award show. Yeah, first singing for sure. Yeah. I so. just, you know, it's all right. I'm over. You're fucking it's amazing. We'll get, the good news is we'll get to do it again. You did That's good, the Daddy. good news. You're here to stay. You're yeah. not going anywhere, motherfucker. Well, I'm learning how. I'm just going to keep learning. I'm working at it. That's the thing. Right. I never took a singing lesson until right before the CMTs. So. I feel like really, and, I, you know, people might come for me for saying this, but really iconic good country singers don't have amazing voices. No, that's that's historic through rock and roll. And, yeah, you know that's that's historic through. It's the grit. It's the emotion. It's, it's the, the honesty. Yeah, so, like it's well, just the rawness. It, yeah. One thing about it is, whether I know what key I'm singing in or not, I know nobody's singing with more conviction than I am. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I'm. I might you not evoke emotion. Yeah. It's like I don't know. I know nobody's. You know, it's a lifetime of pain coming out of me. I don't know what these other motherfuckers went through. You know what I'm saying? But this right here is 38 years of fucking trying. And fucking failing, you know what I'm saying? It's like I just I'm just I'm just gonna go for it anyways. When you talk about staying power, I feel like you've proven that you have staying f- power because you evolve. Oh yeah, you it's evolve or die, and you have literally evolved 100%. from. You've been doing music twenty years. Oh yeah, 
that's staying power. Like oh, yeah. motherfuckers have known who Jelly Roll is for a long damn time. I did an interview with Billboard that'll be coming out soon, and we were talking about my whole story. And the uh, journalist, such a sweet woman, she said, I, I, "There's one thing I'm missing." You had all these moments of light bulbs in your life that went off where you figured out what you needed to do, but you never had one about music. So I can't. it's hard to follow along. And I loved her asking that because I said, oh, you know, no, I've never talked about this. I never, I didn't need a light bulb for music. I never wanted anything else. Right. The light bulb didn't have to go on. It was never off. Right. A light bulb's been on my whole life. Right. I never wanted anything but music. I never tried anything but music. I never, I, I never had other dreams. When I was a kid, I didn't write I wanted to be a wrestler or a fireman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted to do fucking music. Yeah. That's it. It was tunnel I, vision. Yeah, I had a first grade paper where I wrote my first thing I wanted to be when I was an adult was a rapper. <laughs> I've never posted it because I spelled it with one P. That's okay. Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was in the first grade. I was like, it's okay. We'll post it, baby. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then she goes, oh, <laughs> it's like, yeah. So it looked like in I our was sensitive a, ass world. Yeah, I could never. Yeah. So it looked like I was a seven year old saying I wanted to be a raper. <laughs> <laughs> Goals. No, I'm just kidding. Totally kidding, guys. <laughs> that is so funny, baby. I can't. I'm just like, I, there's so much that you have done since we've gotten together. And just to see how everything has literally just snowballed and come to fruition. You're doing American Idol this weekend. Yes. I'm excited. I get to, uh, this will come out after that, so I'm going to get to sing with Oliver Steele, which is the kid from Nashville. Yeah, we love him. I love his voice. I asked for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to sing with Ian Tongi, uh-huh. but I think he's going I think he's going to do James Blunt for the song that he did the first time. Right. But um, I said, if I can't get Ian, I, I got to have Oliver. Right. And they said, well, what happens if Oliver don't make the top 12 or the top 20 or something, which I think he ended up making the top 10. But I said, I don't care where he lands at. That's He's a Nashville boy. I want to sing with him. If I can't yeah. sing with my big Hawaiian friend, I want my Nashville friend. <laughs> you <laughs> love big Hawaiians and you love Nashville boys. I do love big Hawaiians, <laughs> big Samoans. I just just love that. He's got. We have a big Samoan security guard, Maui, and that's like his favorite. And he favorite. talks like him. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> the best. I feel like they're your speed. Yeah. Like you, they just, oh, you guys just get each just, other. Just get it, dude. You guys can grunt at each other and yeah. like get across It'll to work. each other. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love it. <laughs> How does it feel, though, to be doing American Idol? And you're going to be performing and fucking, like, this is an iconic show. Oh, That's dude. literally been on air for how long? 27 years. 27 fucking 20 years? 20 something years. What season is this? That's insane. 27 fucking years. I don't know if it's years, but it's seasons for sure, right? I don't know, because sometimes it'll do two seasons a year. I mean, maybe. it could. If you think about it, I tried out for American Idol in my 20s. Yeah. So. Yeah, season 21. Yeah, so 21 years. And I think they took a year or two off. Could be wrong. Big deal. That's crazy. Have you ever told your American Idol story? I haven't. Oh, we should talk about this. I mean, it's nothing to brag about. It's it's But it's it's a cool story. I mean, all I did was try out for American Idol. I made it to the next round, and... I have this weird thing where when I set goals and I achieve it, I don't want to follow through with it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Like, there's an interview floating around where Kelly Pickler interviewed me. 
Oh, wow. It, yeah, literally outside of the... I, you guys look for it online, and if you find it, give it to me. Yeah. But <laughs> I was at the American Idol place, and it yeah, it was just crazy. So. God, that's awesome. And Kelly I, Peckler. Yeah, and I actually made it to the next round, and I was just like, oh, okay, that was fun. I did it. Yeah. You know, like, I did it. that with a lot of things in my life. Like, the Pussycat Dolls were huge back then. I had an audition with them. Landed the audition, and I was like, all right, that's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> at least You're I can... Like, Fuck that. <laughs> I at least just, I know I have an option. Right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, what a weird kid to have all these opportunities and just be like yeah no i'm good but yeah so american idol you're gonna go do that this weekend i'm really proud of you daddy i think excited. that's amazing you want to answer some questions from some people that's what i was the most excited about all right let's do it i just wanted to catch people up on what you were doing you know yeah. dive into all this talk about me want to talk about my want to talk about, <laughs> talk about number one oh me so oh my. <laughs> if you're on my patreon you are are the, one of the lucky people who gets to ask Jay questions. If you're not on my Patreon, you should go and sign up right now because there is a lot of people on there and they love it and there's so much Specifically content. Specifically for your Patreon, we should do a question and answer together once a month. I would love that. Well, just we've already Patreon started only. it. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, one for us together. I would love to. Yeah, I, I, would, in the, I just, in baby, you're business. so fucking busy. I'll sit down and answer, I answer your questions every day, anyways. <laughs> You know Listen, I you'd just be would having like to questions. Say, Your podcasting style extends into the real world. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <I love> you. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite sexual thing Bunny does that turns you on the most? Like during sex or? They didn't get that specific. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. But I mean, there's answer both. Yeah. Oh. Outside of sex and insects. Outside of sex is when you like burrow into me. Aww. Like anytime, like you really, really like when you burrow, burrow. You know what you do? Like mm -hmm. when you burrow into me, You're that shit is the turn on of all turn ons, Aww. right? Because I can just feel you and I smell you, and you know what I mean. Your hair always smells good, and it's just always, you know, I it's just a you. thing. That's the <laughs> my favorite thing sexually. My favorite, not sex. My favorite thing you do sexually is anytime you get on top of me, you you take requests. <laughs> you're like front or back how you want to go about this you want me to turn this thing around and i'm just like this is so awesome that it's like <laughs> i'm here to please yeah. you know i want to give you the aesthetic that you want yeah. so <laughs> i love and i love that it's like no weird thing if i change my mind i'm like you know what turn around this time yeah no it's i like, love it <laughs> I, I gotta give you options yeah I, mean, no, I just love it that you've oh. never once rode my pecker and not looked at me and said but well, how you want to go about this i think i did this morning because i was just like no fuck that i'm getting my nut on today yeah go, go. <laughs> like i don't care how he wants it yeah. <laughs> daddy has deprived mama of dick and i'm getting it there you go what was i'll invoice you later yeah baby <laughs> what was your final i made it moment out of all the accomplishments that you've had this far which ones fed your soul the most Ooh. um probably probably last year Bailey getting into high school no. was like, all right, cool. Like, I was so worried that first semester for her. Well, she just finished her first year or second semester. But I was so worried that she just, you know, because she was having such a tough time in middle school figuring it out at first. Yeah, let's talk about B. We didn't even bring her up. Yeah, she was having such a tough time in middle school at first that. She was having a tough time with us being her parents, too. Yeah, she had to do a lot of accepting in a lot of worlds. Mm -hmm. You know, and. That first year of high school is rough. Yeah. You really start finding yourself. You start finding your friends. You start making mistakes, ruining friendships, creating new friendships, building bridges, burning bridges. Because you're learning how to burn a bridge. You don't know how to burn a bridge. You know, you know what I mean? You're like, yeah. you're learning all this. Um, 
And she's knocked it out of the park. Yeah. So that was like We're probably, proud, man. She's yeah. like got her own little group of friends now. They yeah. all have cars. Like we never see her. Yeah. I'm just like. So when the God. question said like like greatest accomplishment, yeah. proudest part. Yeah. Now fed when, your soul. Yeah. Like fed my soul. Now mm-hmm. if you want to talk about like career wise right today, probably CMT Knight or Rogan. Yeah. Yeah. We're just like they're just nights that are just undeniable. That was your like fucking bucket list shit. Yeah. How do you feel about psychedelics? Love psychedelics. Big <laughs> fucking fan. Huge fan. Been trying to go to EDC for 12 hours. Buddy won't let me. Oh, my. It's, EDC by. is more than psychedelics. <laughs> that's like crack. Fucking yeah. anything you could get your fucking hands on, dude. Uh, that's literally what Love psychedelics. Yeah, love you do. It. When was the last time life. you fucking shroomed? It's been a while. It's probably been, I'd say, a year. You, you kind of went sober. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that about you. Yeah. But you, what happened? Uh... I was wondering if it was directly correlated to my obesity. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what if I quit drinking and see if just like automatically Wait. everything changes? And and I just, I think I need to prove to myself I could quit drinking. Right. Because I was even getting worried. I was like, because I've always said, you know, when we came off the real drugs, you and I together, that, and you quit, you did everything. But I was like, I'll keep the weed and the, the liquor, you know, but... I was even getting to a point where I was like, this can't be helping my cause. And we were starting to make the kind of decisions business-wise that I want to be sober for. Right. So January, February, March, April of this year, I just I didn't have a drink, drink a drop Mm-mm. at all. I mean, you went from getting fucking shit-faced to just complete sobriety. Mm-hmm. What did that feel like? I know what it feels like, but I want to know what it felt like for you. Man, it was, um, I don't know if I want to talk about this. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you why. Because... I'll talk about it, and I'll tell you whether or not I want to release it after we finish this. I didn't like it. Like, those breakthroughs people get, that all all this made sense to me. Like, I kind of got really fucking sad and started really feeling like shit and then went out and just tied one on and blew it off and fucking felt incredible. Right. And was like, even after the hangover the next day, I was like, God, I'm glad I just fucking got one of those out of my system. Well, coming from a man who has an album titled Sobriety Sucks, yeah. it really does. Yeah. I tell everybody, there's nothing pretty about sobriety. Yeah. You have to get to know yourself. You literally feel emotions that you've fucking hidden for years. Yeah. Like, you have to know everything about yourself that you don't want to know. It's the worst feeling in the world. Yeah, it, it was it was really rough for me. But um, what I learned in that process was is that I can drink when I want to. Right. And I wasn't sure I could. It's not controlling you anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I had drugs that I'm scared to death to ever touch again. Right. Because I don't think I could control that. Right. But I've proved to myself now. My problem I still have, though, is that when I drink, I don't know how to drink like a responsible adult, though. You're a binge drinker. Yeah, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to go have a drink. Like, yeah. Who is the night before their biggest podcast on earth? I just get fucking blackout drunk. <laughs> you called me, said, Mama. I was like, Yes, baby. You're like, I fucked up. I'm like, Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, fuck. Like, I already knew that was going to happen. But I'm struggling with it right now because my, my inside little dude that speaks up, like, what does Bradley Gilbert say the best? He's like, I got an angel on this shoulder. But I got a pirate on the other one. <laughs> Every now and then that pirate convinces me to do pirate stuff. And it's like, I know that we're going to L.A. this weekend. Yeah. And some of the best memories of my life were drinking on Sunset. You've mm-hmm. been a part of some of those memories. Yeah. And I'm like, I think I'm going to have a cocktail Saturday. And I'm like, you're singing on Idol Sunday, you dumbass. Yeah. No, have a cocktail Sunday. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, but, you got to learn how to responsibly drink if you're going to do yeah. it. But I'm, I'm, you pull it off. 
Yeah. Well, I've only drank three times, hell, in the last two months. Yeah, you pull it off, though, man. If you have a fucking obligation, it doesn't matter if you are puking two seconds before you're puking in the car on the way there. Oh, yeah. You pull it together, and you fucking handle business, and then you go back to puking whenever you leave. Have I ever told you my MTV story? No. Uh, I, maybe, but I want to hear it again. Hold on. Let me reposition myself, because this, this, this is a good story. Okay. You ready for this one? <laughs> so, I'm with a company in L.A. that's pitching a reality TV show on me in 2000 and. 14, 15 maybe, and I'm living in a shitty hotel in Santa Monica, which is still Santa Monica, so it's a nice hotel, but it's shitty, and we're taking all these meetings, and I would go out to the, what's the spot mean you go to with the karaoke, it's my spot, I went there the other day without you, when I was out there the other night. Where's it at? It's right down the street from the Rainbow Room, it's across the street from the body shop, the body works, or whatever the, oh, whatever the strip um, club is. The okay. Cowboy Bar. The, yeah, uh, God, Saddle Ranch. Saddle Ranch, the Cowboy Bar. Because, you know, me. that's how you knew I was country. First time we met, I was like, I got a Cowboy Bar out here? He's like, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> so we're stumbling out of Saddle Ranch. We go to the strip club across the street. And we're just fucking, we're just, we're, we're just having, you know, we're just, I'm just doing the L.A. thing every single night. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to meet with TV networks every day. And for whatever reason, the day that I was going to meet MTV was top three hangovers of my life mm. and i'm puking in the parking lot walking into the mtv building and i finally get in and we go upstairs to meet and i'm like pale white and like pouring sweat like i'm like in that <laughs> horrible place oh. and in the middle of it you know i'm talking to them and I'm trying to sell them on this show and i'm doing a miserable job and you could just see it on me i shouldn't <laughs> be there and finally, I get up, and I said, where's the bathroom? And they point around the hall, and I get to the front door of the fucking, uh, wherever you meet, like a meeting room. Right. And I wasn't going to be able to hold it no longer. So I reached down and just seen a trash can right there and just standing straight up, not leaning over <laughs> to it, just projectile <laughs> right in the trash can, right? It looks like a fucking, fucking <laughs> goddamn rainbow into a pot of gold. Just fucking, right? And it hits the trash can and it splashes. And at that moment, I realized it was a mess trash can without a bag. Oh, no. So here I am. Oh, shit. It's just, I'm, it's, it is, it hits, and I'm puking now. I'm leaned over it by now and just letting it have it. And it's just shooting out the sides of this trash bin all over this boardroom. Oh. And all these TV execs are there. And I am fucking raging oh. to the point where they don't want to stop me because you kind of can't. Yeah. You just got to let this thing run They're probably trying to figure out how to get you out of there without <laughs> sure. getting everywhere. Yeah, and it was fucking everywhere. Oh, baby. I'll never. That's like one of those things where you're like, Man, and I've only made that mistake one more time in my whole career. And when was that? I I had a radio interview. <laughs> I'm tempted not to tell because I don't want to get in trouble for it. <laughs> but the sweet radio rep that we have at the label, we just celebrated our number one for Dead Man Walking. Mm -hmm. And we go, and we walk into the first place, and I'm so hungover, I'm puking in the parking lot. But I go in, and we meet, and we hang. Mm-hmm. We go to the second radio station that day, and I just couldn't do it. Mm. We were sitting in a restaurant eating, and I was in the. I go to the bathroom like every seven minutes, and just <laughs> to the point I finally came out and just sat down and looked at the table full of people and said, "I thought I'd ate bad food. I was so sick." Yeah. 
And I'm sure it was alcohol now that I look back. Yeah. Uh, but that was the day that I, until Rogan the other night, have quit drinking before anything important. Yeah. Because it taught me so much. But, yeah, I was in that motherfucker. I finally just looked at everybody and said, I, I just got to go get it, an IV. <laughs> that is your answer for everything. Give me an IV. Hey, listen, if you're really hung over, man, for $225, they'll knock that motherfucker <laughs> out. You know what I'm saying? For sure. What is the biggest misconception about Jelly and Bunny? You know what? I wish we could ask Patreon that instead of them asking us. Right. I wonder what they think. What do you think our biggest misconception? You know what? You know who's a better answer for that is Mimi. Oh. Um. Do you have a microphone? Uh, this right here is recording okay. me. I'll just turn it up a little bit. So the biggest misconception. Well, I mean, man. I think people see you guys so much as that like rock, rock star life and they forget and I don't think they kind of do through Bunny's page but like how much of a true family you guys are and I'm talking you guys are like family of all family you guys do family things together you guys are such normal very very normal family people even if you guys don't see that like you guys still struggle with a lot of the same things that everyday people struggle with and I think people put you guys on such a big platform that they don't realize that you guys go through a lot of the same shit. Being parents to Bailey. Like, yeah. Bailey makes mistakes, too, you know? Yeah, and then, yeah. like, you guys have She's a niece so who lives with you and, like, things like that. Like, you guys are such real people. And, I mean, probably the most realest people I've ever met. Yeah. I never thought of that, the misconception of just how down home we are. Yeah. I tell people the biggest misconception they have about you, I tell you what, we'll do it about each other. Okay. The biggest misconception I think people have about you is, one, how goofy you are in real life. Mm -hmm. I always say that about you to people. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you have no clue that this isn't a podcast or a TikTok thing. Right. This was Bunny finally being herself in front of a camera. Right. 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 <laughs> I'm on a plane the other night, and I'm showing people pictures of you. I'm showing uh, the, uh, the girl that was next to me that braided a picture of you, and I'm like, but th you just look so fierce, right? You just look so, you're just so fucking, you're just such a sex symbol, just so beautiful no, and fucking you. just intimidating and just this presence of these pictures. Do you want to fuck right and, here? Yes, and you okay. never smile, so it's just always this just model glare of fuck you. <laughs> and, and, and for years, that's all that Instagram knew about you right. was these pictures. And mm -hmm. I was like, if y'all only knew. Yeah. This bitch fucking wears glasses and can't see and loses them. <laughs> Lights shit on fire by yeah. accident. Yeah. She's like, I, the story I always tell is that I wake up some mornings and if you hear me rustling around, I hear you go, hello. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> and I'm just like, Fuck. that's how we all greet each other. Bug yeah. and everybody does it now. Yeah. Like if we, if we're all too lonely in the house, yeah, we all just hello. go. Hello. <laughs> and then somebody from across the house will go, hello. <laughs> and that's all we need to know that we're all there for each other. You know, Sorry, we're here. <laughs> so I think that's a misconception that people don't know how goofy you are or how hands on you are with Bailey. Yeah. Like I would say you probably text Bailey three to one what I do. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm like a true dad in the sense of, like, me and her are really close, and we're closer yeah. now than we've ever been. Yeah, for sure. But I still know that I'm getting, like, 33% of what's actually happening right. from her. Well, the I'm responsibility the other, shit. <laughs> yeah, and I'm getting the other 66 from you. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's a misconception. No, I love B. She's the best thing that ever happened. Man, she's just turned into just the most amazing kid. I mean, she's always been the most amazing kid. Even like the fucking wrong shit she's done is so mild compared to shit that we've done as it's fucking just so 
15-ish. Yeah. I mean? So I think people's biggest misconception of you would be that you are a pushover. Mm. I think people think that you're because they see how sweet you are and how Aww. giving you are. He said, "All <laughs> bless their heart." <laughs> that was that was Southern man for all. Oh, bless their heart. <laughs> but I think people think that you're like a pushover. Like everybody always says, "Does he ever tell you no?" I'm like, "Absolutely." Yeah. My husband, will, listen, if Daddy says I can't do something, I'm not fucking doing yeah. it. Like period. And I think that you know people don't realize that you're a bear behind. <laughs> Yeah, I tell people, respectfully, I'm a bear. Mm-hmm. Whether you get Yogi or Grizzly is on you. You know what <laughs> right. I'm saying? That's my rules. You know I'm a bear. Yeah. Now, we can, hey, boo-boo, you got a picnic <laughs> basket, or I can fucking, we can tear this motherfucker yeah, up. Yeah, let's shut Your this call. motherfucker down, you know what Yeah, we'll shut, we'll burn this bitch down. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> but, but I think the biggest misconception of us together would probably be, I don't know, I think people don't, are so used to, like, Hollywood <laughs> couples that we're, like, really best friends. Mm-hmm. Like, you're my A1, and that's that, and yeah. fucking, like, we just have decided to ride through life together. Fucking figure it out. Yeah, and no matter what happens, that's so it. I think that, you know, people think it's just like, we're just like a Hollywood couple, and we see each other in passing, but it's like, no, this is my fucking dude. Yeah, uh, we talk all the time. All day. Unless unless one of us is, in, unless you're podding or I'm... In yeah, the, in the, what I call the vortex. There's moments in my career where I just like no, literally. And at show nights, I text her at like six and go, "Hey, you know what's for you know?" Like yeah. I'll give her the brief. And sometimes I've I've seen texts where I've just sent her like in uh, uh, Miami. That text was so funny when I was like, uh, "Fighters are here, yeah. Dolphins <laughs> players are here, yeah. Radio people are here." talk to you later yep. you know what I'm saying yep. it's like you know, I'm just like, like crush it baby like yeah. you just I, I, you have to give your man space dude speaking of what shout out to Paige and Austin they were fucking awesome what's wrong let me tell you the funniest thing ever between you two I don't know if you guys realize that you do it is that you guys can hang up with each other and two minutes later call each other and answer it like you have not talked to each other in weeks <laughs> <laughs> do you realize that you guys do that no you guys will hang up he'll be like let me call you right back or just hang up yeah. and then it's like not even I'm not joking two minutes later and you'll answer it like you haven't spoken to him in like years or days <laughs> or like it's so hilarious we're just at, he, he just brings me comfort yeah what is your ideal man cave hmm so my ideal man cave would be, and I'm still, I'm going to do it one day, would be to either have a big building that's sectioned off or multiple little buildings that represented little things of my man cave, like little rooms like this, like if this was like a gaming room. Mm-hmm. And then I had another little building like this one outside of here that was the studio. Kind of like what Strange Music did. Exactly what Travis O'Gwen did with Strange yeah. Music. Mm-hmm. It would be like. Like a little compound. Yeah, like a little compound. Mm-hmm. But he did separate buildings. Yeah. Which I thought was cool. So it's like, for me. That would be ideal, even if they were little, like literally this size rooms, just to separate, you know what I mean? Because the problem is I pick up a guitar and start writing a song and look over and see my video game set up <laughs> and I got to join him and I'm not coming up with nothing quick. And I'm Squirrel. like, I could be playing Call of Duty instead. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like if they were separate buildings, yeah. it might not be as tempting. No, I love that, actually. So our next house that we get with fucking acreage, we need to do that. That's the goal. Yeah, I love that. When you need to clear your head and you go for a drive, what's your go-to music? Uh, it depends on what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Like every year on Dad's anniversary, I listen to Grandpa's Never Died. Mm-hmm. That's that I have. I actually have that playlist. It's like the Grieve Smoke a Joint playlist on his anniversary. Um, 
And it's always mood driven, just kind of like wherever I'm at. Right. And sometimes if I'm really, really, really sad, I'll listen to something like Bob Marley or um, was it Bobby McFerrin or Billy McFerrin? I'm high. Bobby McFerrin. Bobby McFerrin. Mm, like, don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. Be I'll happy. like listen to like something uplifting if I'm really down. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Well, see, I'm the opposite. When I'm really down, the last thing I want to hear is happy music. Like, fuck happy people. No, 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 no. If I'm down, I want to hear sad music. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. I thought you said when I'm... But, like, if I'm, like, really, really, really down... Yeah. I need something encouraging. Yeah. You I know listen what I mean? to Christmas music. Yeah. Like, if I'm... Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. See, that's kind of like... Like, if you're really down, it's like, it essentially makes me happy. Like, or... Like, Jessica's Andrews know who I am mm-hmm. if I'm feeling worthless. You know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. Rosemary's granddaughter. Mm-hmm. I'm spitting him into the father. But shit like that. I just, so many different shits. I love that. Yep. I listen to fucking gangster rap. Yeah. She's like, put on money bag, y'all. Put on fucking Brother Lynch. <laughs> Brother Lynch, baby. All day, any day. If you could write a song about one specific happy memory from your childhood, what would it be? Write a song mm-hmm. about one specific I feel like Mobile Home. Memory. Yeah, I think Mobile Home's already that song. Mm-hmm. Yep. Would there um, be any other different ones? I don't know. I think maybe one day I want to write the Streetlight Kid song. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I will. I'll write the Streetlight Kid song one day. I love it. I think you need to fucking write one called The Comeback Kid. Yep. <laughs> Better fucking know it, baby. Are you going to write another <laughs> rap album? Yeah. I talked to Stoner the other day. Stoner. Stone, baby, stone. Stone, um, baby, stone. Which we did a podcast with Stoner, and this audio somehow fucking got fucked up. We're still trying to figure out how to put it out, but it's such a good podcast. I got a plug for you on that. I talked to somebody yesterday. Really? Yeah, that's on David Lucas's team. Yeah. That has found this AI product that can take semi-shitty audio and bring it out. Okay, well, I've, I have been so bummed about it because it's such a good interview, and we have not... Stoner been. is just fucking such a good interview. His we story, love Stoner, yeah. him and his wife's stories, yeah, his fucking salt of the earth. I just mm-hmm. looked at... He posted a picture that his oldest kid, like 12 or 13. Crazy. And it was perspective because that baby was a baby baby, like three months old when I first went to Stoner's house to record a song. I yeah. met Stoner before he had the baby at all. No, for sure. But I remember the first time I went to his house, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah, we talked the other day. I'm definitely gonna do a rap album. We're gonna do a rock album. We're gonna, we're gonna we're always gonna put out the music that feels right to us right then. Do we have to wait another year for another album? No, I don't know if we'll wait that long. Yeah. But you also don't want to step on something working. Right. What I learned about what I learned with Save Me and Son of a Sinner were they were instantly impactful, but they took years to become big songs. Right. So sometimes where my model's always been just drop, 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 drop. When I finally took a second to breathe and just let music breathe for a second, it fucking found its way everywhere. Wow. So it's once I've like figured that out, I was like, whoa, maybe I need to just like sit. Like right. even Need a Favor. We dropped Need a Favor December 5th. Mm-hmm. As and a point. it's still growing. Yeah. December 6th or something. And it's yeah. St- or, yeah. Or yeah. Was it 6th? What day did I play Nashville? Ninth. The ninth. It's so whatever ninth. that night was, the mm-hmm. ninth. And it's like, it's just now in the top 20 on country radio. So like needs time to marinate mm-hmm. and just reach everybody. Yep. It's crazy when you can just see how a movement just grows. It's so fun to watch. It's and nuts. it's funny. It's so even cooler to be in the middle of because I've watched it happen to everybody but me and you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, oh, it's our turn. Are we getting a turn? Is this a turn? Daddy, you've had a few turns. I'm so proud of you with all this yeah. shit. I know I keep saying that and it like gets so redundant, but it's like, dude, just watching the growth from when we first got together is insanity dude 
Well, equally. Hell, I, I talk. I think about this podcast all the time. You do it. You've been doing it five years, and I always forget and tell people because to me, you just started it yesterday. So I'm like, yes, you've been podcast for a couple of years, and you set me straight one day. He's like, bitch, I've been podcasting for five years, <laughs> and I was like, whoa, shit. Well, you you want to know something? It just creeps by you, though. You know what I mean? So here's the thing. I'm gonna tell you what the secret is to behind my success, and I probably should never fucking have ever give you this, but I'm gonna give it to you. So the two things that I have held steadfast with is this podcast and this weight loss thing that I've been on for the past two years. When I first started the diet, my husband said to me, you're not going to be able to stick to that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. Has there been a little bit of proving me wrong? Oh, for sure. Stuff? And then when I started the podcast, we uh, I forget what happened, but I was getting frustrated with it. And I was like, I don't want to fucking do this. And he was like, you know what, Bunny? You give up on everything. Mm. You never follow anything through. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and here I am because I was like, no, I'm going to fucking show him that I can do this. And it was like it wasn't like I wasn't mad, yeah. but I was like, he's right. Yeah. Like, I've fucked this. I'm going to fucking do it. And I did. So yeah. Yeah. And, and and broke the mold finally. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. And fucking it went. Yeah. Because if you think that was, you know, God, I, when I said it, it was true right. even hearing the american idol story like exactly you didn't go to the second audition when you could have yeah. you didn't follow you know what i mean like yeah. all these so now i've watched you get your real estate license i've watched you just go conquer one mountain at a time yeah and i finally was like if you'll stick to this this shit will fucking work but i don't it's still in my mind it's been two years right and i look <laughs> up and it's been five years of you potting and yeah. it's like holy shit and i wonder you built such a you know what i mean when i talk to people about your tiktok and they're like it's just amazing to me how big her TikToks get. And I said, not me. She uploads six times a day. <laughs> she comments back. Two to, different comments. Yeah, I was like, she comments different. to everybody. I was like, she, she, it's obnoxious. I was like, I asked her, like, find a social media person. Like, Bunny, <laughs> like, yeah, I leave. But to me, like, I'm such an analytical brain. To me, that is uh, just accomplishing goals. And right. it's like, it's a, it's a means to an end. You know, it's a bigger, there's a bigger picture. You want to answer any more questions or are you done? Oh, we'll answer a couple of more. Okay. What we should answer them just so we have enough to get a, you know. What are some of your toxic traits? Um, not following through. Same. Yeah, not <laughs> not following through on some of the important stuff and hiding, acting like I am the person in charge of what is and isn't important. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So because of that, you don't follow through on things because they're not important. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, and I understand that important is subjective. Right. Because I'm learning that too. Because I have friends hit me all the time, like, hit me, it's important. And then you find out they just need $300. <laughs> and I was in the middle of some real shit. And I'm like, this was important to you. This ain't important. Right. You know what I mean? But it's like being more conscious of that. I think, what, 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 what is it? Give me, what, give me what's, what's my most toxic trait? Passive aggressiveness. Mm. But you've gotten so much better at it. When yeah, we first you. got together, you were very Buddy D Ford. Yeah. And I remember I used to be like, baby, stand up to these motherfuckers. Said, say no. You know, yeah. like if you don't want to do something, say no. And now you, you're not passive aggressive anymore. Now you're just like, hey, man, listen, I'm just going to shoot it to you straight. I heard you do it with, you know, your manager today. Yeah. Like, and I was like, go, daddy, go. Because, yeah. you know, you are, you're a people pleaser too. So you want to just make everybody happy and you well, don't. I didn't have anything going for me for so long mm-hmm. that it's hard to say no. When right. people, when you're not allowed anywhere or never invited anywhere and then people start inviting you places, your instinct is like, yes. 
and my <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's oh like, no, the whole yeah. all last year he was yes to yes, everything. Yes, I yes to everything. And then now my problem is I over yes because I have such a heart for things. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I seen like five things on my calendar in the next month that I was like I didn't really need to sign up for that. But it goes back to the subjectiveness of important. But it was really important to this person if I did it. Right. And I love that person so much that even though I don't really want to do it, mm. I'll do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, and that's a, I think that's a problem I've got to start learning to deal with too. You know, yeah. I think you've been doing really good. You, and uh, we stand a King that goes to therapy. Yeah. You started, you know, doing the work with your guy. Absolutely. And kind of figuring stuff out. So that all stems from like childhood, but I'm proud of you. But that, if I could name a toxic trait, that would have been yeah. the only one you don't, you're not really toxic. We were toxic in the beginning, but we were on drugs. We were on drugs and we had a lot of trauma and baggage and yeah. shit that we didn't we didn't know how to love properly. Yeah. Your parents didn't have a normal fucking marriage. We had My no dad true fucked examples. everybody. Yeah, we had know? no true examples of that. So we kind of had to figure it out on our own and I think there was just a breaking point at on Christmas Eve of 2018 where we had a huge fight and we both were just like, dude, if we're going to stay in this, we have to change. Yeah. You know, and it's like either we're going to go this way or we're going to go apart. Yeah. And I think that was the deciding factor for both of us because we were both so tired of it that right. we were just like, bro, it's make or break time. Yeah. And we just buckled down and fucking figured it out. Did what was right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Let's see. What rapper in a past life would you have wanted, loved to meet? Hmm. That's. I mean, op, the obvious is Pac or Big, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Pimp C. Yeah, Pimp C for sure. I would have really, really, really loved to have make do with Pimp C. Yeah. I would love to see what Pimp C thought about what's happening in the world today. Uh. Just he had such <laughs> wild fucking views and just said the wildest shit, anyways. Yeah. That Pimp C would be a absolute monster out here right now. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> for Dude, sure. that would be crazy. Yeah. We're getting ready to go on tour with fucking Three Six Mafia. Three Six Mafia. Insane. Talk yeah. to Paul and Juice both separately, but both in the last forty eight hours. Oh, the TikToks I'm gonna make Paul and Juicy. Oh, dolly, yeah, they're in. <laughs> I know. Yeah, oh, they're so weird. Oh, fuck. To be great. I can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be fucking hilarious having these two gangster ass dudes yeah. just fucking icons doing TikToks yeah. with me. Yeah. They'll <laughs> love it. I can't wait. Tour is going to be a blast. What yeah. is, what's the city that you're looking forward to going to? I think all of them. I yeah. think I'm so, I'm not even just excited about the cities. I'm excited about some of the people opening and the fact that like every seven shows we get new openers. Yeah. So that's like so awesome. It's like a revolving door yeah. but like of new people. Yeah, the most so obvious too is that I'm looking forward to struggle being there every night. Right. And my secret guilty pleasure is that Josh Adam Myers is doing the tour. Yeah, that's the comedian, right? I couldn't mm -hmm. remember his name. Who yeah. is he? Can you fill us so in? So Josh Adam Myers is comic, been around forever, super OG. Found out him and Kill Tony started together recently. Mm -hmm. um, not They didn't start recently. I found out recently that they started together. But he does the goddamn comedy jam, too, which I seen at Skank Fest the night that we played Vegas. And it was just so good, man. Yeah. It was like comedy, but singing rock music and funny stuff in between. And he's just... He's the epitome of when music meets comedy. Right. Like, as a one person. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And Chris Porter's like that, too, though. Josh Wolf like that. Those yeah. three dudes are like when music can actually meet comedy. They're all great dudes yeah. too. The the thing was, I should I probably take Josh or Chris next year. Mm -hmm. The difference is, I know I've never seen Josh with a band, right? Which I'm sure he could do it, 
and I've never I've seen Chris play with a band, mm-hmm. but like I only seen Josh with a band. Right. You know what I mean? So I was like, oh, this can work. Like this can actually entertain. Because the problem with doing comedy at this is the gift and the curse of music. I can do music at a comedy club and people be like, oh, that was cool. Not what we came to see, but great. Some dude came out right. and sung before Joe Rogan went on. But for a comedian to do something before music is different because the audience has a different anticipation. Yeah. But you, you, there's also a cool story that of you asking him. Oh, yeah. Tell that. Oh, when I got blackout drunk. Yeah. And showed up to Skankfest just out of my fucking gourd <laughs> and was like, I'm taking you on tour. And I'm going to give you this much money tonight. And fucking, I was, he was just like, what? And then I didn't talk to him for 10 fucking months. And I cold called him from the CAA office, my booking agent, and said, hey, we're fixing to announce this thing Friday. Are you still coming on tour with me? And this dude, I've never talked to him in my life yeah. except for that night drunk. Yeah. And he was like, Steve Byrne told me that you were, you were going to call me, that if you said it, you meant it. Aww. Love Steve Byrne. He I said, Steve Byrne that. told me that that, he, that you were going to call me if you said it, you meant it. I love that. How does yeah. that feel that people know that your word is bond? It feels great. Yeah. It's one of the things I'm most proud of is that, you know. Yeah. It's another reason I sign up for a lot of shit and go through, too, though, is that, like, if I tell you a donkey's going to shit ice cream, grab a spoon. <laughs> you know what I mean? that fucking analogy. <laughs> <laughs> How do you maintain such a Well, positive- he's not shitting shit. I mean, but he's shitting ice cream. it's still coming out of his butthole. What if it's a clean butthole? I'll lick it. You, well, then why wouldn't you eat the ice cream <laughs> coming out of it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. How do you maintain such a positive attitude with the whole world trying to tear you and Bunny down? You guys are the biggest inspiration. Huh. Um, yeah, let's talk about it because fucking I ha- you had to give me a pep talk yesterday. Yeah. I literally... I I don't feel like people are tearing us down. Yeah. I feel like we have, we're have we surrounded by so much love. So much building. And those that know us, know us. Mm. People, there's always going to be shitbags who want to see the fucking bad in people. Right. You know, if I snap at somebody, of course, it's going to be taken the wrong way because right. I'm not allowed to fucking not be nice to somebody who's not being nice to me. Right. Like, we're held at a higher standard, but I think, uh, you know, you have to give me pep talks all the fucking time. Yeah. To, I just... I don't think anybody's like, let me choose these words diligently. I don't give a fuck what people got to say about us. Right. Like, I know what our heart is. I just made my pussy wet. <laughs> right? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, it's see, like, that's when he gets me and it turns yeah, me well, I, get, I just don't, I know what my spirit is. Yeah. I know what I've done wrong in life. I know who I've wronged. I know how I've wronged. Yeah. Outside of that, I have done nothing but try to create a new... I've sowed... I've completely replowed the field of my life. Absolutely. I've completely replanted the seeds. I've completely rewatered my garden, changed my irrigation system. I am... You know, it's... I know my heart. I know your heart. Mm-hmm. I know what my intention is. I know how many people I help. I know how many people you help. I know how much I've done for the for for my family and how that much we I've don't done. publicize At, or nor will we ever ever. I know who we are as humans. Mm. So I know that because we're good humans and we got a good message that we're winning right now. Yeah. And I know that there is a group of people in life that just don't like to see people win. <laughs> literally, as fucked up as that sounds, there is so literally real. people in life that don't want to see people do good. So real. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they just they're don't. Fucking they're miserable. they're so fucking miserable, and they're so fucking disgusted that somebody else has got an opportunity that they felt like they were entitled to or that they should have got, or that they could never reach because they didn't work their ass. Period. Off. And it is a fucking hater mentality, man. Mm. It is sad. And you know what? I am a little empathetic of them because I too have been a young hater. <laughs> now I struggle with these 40, 50, 60 year old fucking men yeah. and women and moms and dads. Yeah. But it's like, I remember a time in my life where something good would happen to somebody, whether I knew him or didn't. And it would just, just cause I was doing so bad in life and mm. I was such a bad person yeah. that it just disgusted. So I would look for a reason why that shouldn't have been credited. Absolutely. I would try to discredit why, well that only worked because he had yeah. radio yeah. or that only worked because he had a good team or a good father or a good mother. Or he had somebody's money or he had an investor or he had, and I would look for these little reasons to discredit somebody's fucking work. Yeah. So I see it and I just immediately feel kind of bad for the person comment when I'm like, man, I remember being that miserable human. Yeah. That sucks that you're just looking for anything not to be what you think it is. Like you hate that a man like me could marry a woman that looks so good and has so such the charisma of my wife mm. that you were reverted to just she's a gold digger or you know what I mean? Like yeah. you, like your mind automatically has to put an asterisk to it. Right. Because you just can't comprehend that I'm fuck. It it breaks your spirit, and it really what really hurts is I'm a good dude, right? And you're not, and you're reading that, and you're and it's just yeah, it's just fucked up. So I don't fuck them people. Yeah. What I'm focused on is the tens, tens of thousands of people who millions. No, no, no. Let me finish. The tens of thousands of people that subscribe to your Patreon. Yeah. What I'm focused on is the. Hundreds and hundreds and thousands and millions of people that download the Dumb Blonde podcast. Mm. What I'm focused on is the fucking, I don't even remember the number, the 300 and f- fucking 400 million streams I got on Spotify alone last year. Yeah. I don't give Oof. a fuck what username 76724196 hashtag <laughs> money sign said about me today. You know what I'm saying? I don't give a fuck. Preach, daddy. You know, let that be the fucking clip for the day. Suck my dick soft. For real. Fuck all of y'all. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I fucking, it's disgusting to me how people treat people on the internet and how people could have a mean spirit like that. And it's even more disgusting when you sometimes get mad enough to go look up who these people are Mm -hmm. and find out their parents. Right. Yep. Do you know how embarrassing this generation is going to be that kids are going to grow up one day and find out that their fucking mother commented hateful messages under strangers? Yeah. Just weird. Under strangers, bitch. Your daughter's going to wake up one day and realize that her mother commented hateful messages under a stranger Mm. a stranger a person they don't fucking know at all and left a hateful like they're gonna have to live with that yeah i won't their daughter's always gonna look at that bitch or that dude like he is fucking weird just clowns period clown behavior well, well, that sums it up, guys. <laughs> oh, glad I got gangster at the end. Yeah, fuck I you. love that. <laughs> I love you, baby. Thanks for finally deciding to do my fucking podcast. Well, I hope you put this one out. We used one before that was a dud. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't like it. Listen, I'm a perfectionist. If I you're going to come. Hey, hey, I didn't give you the goods. I'm sorry. I hope I showed up today. <laughs> you <Yeah>. did. <laughs> I love you. And I'm so happy that we got to spend a little time together. I know if this podcast don't come out, I'm never doing it again. <laughs> and I take my shout out back from the Rogan podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He's fucking now. He's making threats, yeah, ladies fuck and gentlemen. the dumb blonde podcast. No. <laughs> I love you so much. Thank you for stopping by. Is there anything else that we didn't cover that you want to plug? The documentary. 
Fuck. How did I forget that? <laughs> Holy shit. May 30th. May 30th. The documentary's out. Hulu, ABC News filmed it, 90-minute piece. You've seen the trailer. I've seen cried. the trailer. We cried. Cried. Um, I've seen the first 12 minutes cried. Cried. And I know how much more footage they have, so... God, I'm so excited. I'm so nervous. I'm, like, I'm so shit. nervous. Yeah, I, I said so much crazy shit. I want to shit. <laughs> so Dude, much me crazy too. shit for hours. When you have a camera on you all the time, you tend to forget that the camera's there. That's the trick. When and they follow you for six months for fucking 30 hours, 40 hours a week, you're mic'd up. 50, 60 hours up. a week, you're mic'd up. You don't think about it. I said some weird shit. You peed a lot on mic, too. Yeah, yeah peed a lot. A lot of pee. I pee on mic a lot, too. Though, <laughs> right. I'm, yeah. I'm a big mic pisser myself. Yeah, so you guys got to watch the Hulu documentary. Uh the Bunny XO show is now morphing into Meet the D Fords again. Yes. We are doing a rebranding, so it's going to be Meet the D Fords either at the end of this month or the very first uh, week of June. So you guys just hang on. Promise it's coming. We are working behind the scenes to diligently to get that done. But, Daddy, I love you so much. I love you so much. Sign us out. Take us out of here. How do we do it again? Thank you guys for listening to another episode. Oh, yeah, this is it. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Dumb Blonde Podcast. See you. See you guys see, next see, week. See you guys next week. <laughs> every Wednesday. Wednesday. Is it still Wednesday? Yep, every Wednesday. Yep, every Wednesday. See you guys next Wednesday. Toodaloo. Toodaloo. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Ta-ta. Ta-ta. TTFN. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to get me to start saying sexual codes. <laughs> That's Tigger. BDSM. TTFN. Okay, I thought you Ta-ta were, for now. I thought you were finna hit a BDSM <laughs> on me. <laughs> that is our relationship. I thought you were going to start fucking with me right that there. That is our relationship. BDSM, sex all- slave, <laughs> <laughs> fucking anal beads. <laughs> Goodbye, y'all. Love you. Bye. Bye.